Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is on temptation. Temptation. I want to give you some reasons for temptation. You need to understand why God allows you to be tempted. There are several reasons that the Bible gives. All temptations has with it the possibility of failure. Every time you face temptation, you are also facing the possibility of failing God and yielding to that temptation. Temptation is God's method of testing our loyalty to Him. Now, He does not tempt us. James chapter 1 verse 12 makes that clear. He allows the devil to tempt us any way that he wants to and allow him to check us out to see if we are really loyal to the Lord. He wants to see if we really love Him. Uh, the, you know, do we really love the Lord and are going to be true to Him? Do you remember Job? The devil went to God and said, Hey, jo hey God, does Job serve thee for naught? Look at him. You have made him wealthy. You've given him land and servants. Nobody can mess with him. No wonder he served you. God said, Okay, go check him out. Go take away some of his stuff. Go put some heavy temptation on him, and he, and we will see if he still serves me. I want to read you some verses out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Deuteronomy, chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, All the commandments which I command thee, this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Remember what they went through for forty years? They faced hunger, thirst, the enemy, and all sorts of temptations. If everything went great for you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you would never know whether you would be true to God or not. It is easy to do right when everything is right, but let the devil knock on your door and put a hard temptation on you. Then what are you going to do? We really cannot say that we love someone until we have made, had to make the hard, some hard choices concerning that person. Now, allow uh, me to say something here a moment. Now, I do not believe this, but if there is some women in, in, in the church with halos on their head, uh... Uh, I've got some news for you. You are not perfect either. Now, there may be men in here who feel the same way I do because I don't think I could ever have found a better person than my wife. I might be a little prejudiced, but that is why I've been with her for 47 years because I believe that. And there may be others who feel the same way. That's okay. But I don't want to bust your bubble, but women, you fall short too. How do I know this? Because the Bible says we all fall short. Sin is sin. Don't say, yeah, but you don't understand my husband's sin is greater. 
Now that may be the case in your eyes, but God looks down on all sin. And he says that we all fall short. Now men, once again, uh, don't throw rocks, but I'm of the notion that women are smarter than men. Have you ever thought that's why you you have made some wrong decisions? Amen. We really cannot say we love God until we have been put to the test on that love for God, until we have said no to some persistent temptation. Jesus said to Peter in, in John twenty one fifteen, John twenty one fifteen, Lovest thou me more than these? What he was saying was, Hey Peter, do you love me enough to forget about fishing and serve me? Or do you love fishing more than you do me? That is what he was asking. More than these, that catch of fish and he, that he had laying on the shore. He had just caught them in his boat. Lovest thou me more than these? I want to read you some verses out of the book of Genesis, chapter, beginning in chapter 22, verse 1. Genesis 22, 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. This does not mean that God tempted him to sin. It means God put him to the test, or rather put his faith to the test. What do you say when God calls your name? Do you say, I'm busy right now, Lord, catch me later? Abraham said, here I am. What is it, Lord? What do you want me to do? Now, talk about temptation. God said, take your only son. I'm going to take you to a place that I'm going to show you, and I want you to offer him a burnt offering unto me. You know what a burnt offering is. You know what they went through to burn an offering to God. It did not take place the next hour. Abraham had to dwell on that thing for the next three days. Do you know that? Every night when they stopped to camp, because the mountain was three days' journey, the servants built fires and all their supper, fixed all their suppers. Then all of the servants and Isaac went to sleep. And as they were uh, snoring away, even the animals were asleep, old Abraham could not close his eyes. All he could do is stare into the fire and think about God. Think about what he said and what he was going to have to do at the end of that journey. He did not sleep those three days. You know he did not. If you are a father, you know that. If you are a mother, you know that. He stared into that fire thinking of what lay ahead. I want to share some verses with you in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 11. Genesis 22:11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. 
the one speaking to Abraham is the angel of the Lord, who is Jesus Christ. Abraham passed the test of temptation. He proved his love to God by enduring and saying no to a strong, strong temptation. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 says that trials and temptations are to prove thee to know what is in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. How do we know Abraham loved God? He proved it in Genesis chapter 22. That is why it says in James chapter 2 verse 21 these words. James chapter 2 verse 21 it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works? which he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. It did not say that work saved him. Abraham had been a saved man for well over 20 years when he offered Isaac. It says that his works justified him. What kind of justification? It became obvious that Abraham loved God. His character was justified, and his love for God was made known. How does anyone know that you love God? Do they know that you have had to resist a horrible temptation because you love God more than you did the flesh? Did they know you said no to the world of sin? You said no, I'd rather stay with God than enjoy that. That is how God tests our love for Him. So Abraham was justified. His love for God was vindicated through the trial he went through. Notice here that God called him, called to him twice. The first time God wanted to do something horrible, and the second time God wanted to deliver him from that horrible thing that God had wanted him to do. What do you suppose would have happened if Abraham had not said, Here am I the second time? He, he would have been in plenty of trouble, wouldn't he? When we are faced with strong temptation to disobey God, God is allowing our love and our faith in Him to be tested. He is really allowing us to find out what is in our heart because He already knows what is in the heart of man, the Bible says. He allows these things to come our way so that we can see what we are made of. We sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And then when the devil backs us in the corner, we find out if we really love Jesus or not. Isaac is a perfect example of an obedient son. He, no doubt, could have overpowered Abraham. Abraham was about 115 or 18 years old when the temptation took place, and Isaac was a young man. Of course, he uh, did not know what was going on, what was going to happen at the end of the, uh, end of the journey until he got there. He did not know. He said, "There are the sticks of fire for the fire. Where is the sacrifice?" Abraham said, "Boy, just keep heading up that hill. We'll see at the top of the hill." Our response to temptation shows God whether we love Him or not. It is an accurate thermometer as to whether we love God or not. Do we choose to satisfy the lust of the flesh to satisfy our passions or do we choose to be pleasing to God? That is the question when you face temptation because you are faced with a choice when you face temptation. Am I going to choose God or am I going to choose the flesh? 
We should not look at temptation as a stumbling block, as we often do, but instead as an opportunity to test our loyalty to God, and that puts it in a whole different light when you look at it that way. Temptations are our opportunity to prove to our Heavenly Father that we love Him more than we do sin, than we do ourselves. It is an opportunity to test our loyalty. God never intended them to be stumbling blocks for us. As someone has said, you can use temptations as stumbling blocks or stepping stones. You can trip and fall and get farther away from God, or you can get closer to God. I want to ask you one more question before I close. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven? If you're 35%, 50%, 75%, or 99% sure that you're going to heaven, that will not work. You have to know 100% that you're going to heaven. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you have to know that you're going to heaven. Did you know the Bible actually says that God wants you to know that you have eternal life? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, it says that you may know that you have eternal life. But this is what you have to do. The first thing you have to do is recognize that you're a sinner. You know, we can repent a thousand times and it won't do us a bit of good until we actually uh, do away with that sin. We've got to get rid of that sin before it does us any good. So, salvation is a lot more simple than people make it out to be. It's simply admitting that you're a sinner to God, repenting of that sin, that means forsaking that sin, that means giving it up, and asking God to come into your life. And guess what he said he would do? He said he would do that. And God don't lie. That's the best part about it. God does not lie. He tells the truth. You know, if you ask not, you're going to receive not. The Bible wants you to ask forgiveness for your sin. And he said he would do that. So if you if you really want eternal life, it's a free gift. All you got to do is take it. You cannot work for it. You can't be good enough for it. You can, you know, the majority of the world is always trying to do something to get to heaven. They're trying to work their way to heaven. You could never do enough to take yourself to heaven. It is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. All we have to do is take it. It's by grace, through faith, and that not of works, what the Bible says. I hope you enjoyed this lesson. Until next time, Dr. Buddy Walls, signing off.